Hello, hello. Welcome to a very special live episode of Tuckered Out with Ami Tucker. I'm here at the first ever South Asian Lodge at Sundance Film Festival 2023. And um, as you can tell, I've kind of lost my voice, which should help me with this whole podcasting thing. But man, what a weekend. So Sundance has been on my bucket list since I was small enough to bathe in buckets. A very long time, my friends. And having the chance to attend and host a live podcast at the first ever South Asian Lodge was a dream come true. From chatting with director, writer, producer Nisha Ganatra about why kichri in Indian rice is so good to reassuring actor, writer Nick Nodani that I will not ask him to be my mentor. It was a weekend full of celebration supports, and a ton of dancing, courtesy of the one and only DJ Rekka. I was absolutely blown away by all the panels and performances. Ruby Core, of course, what a nice and genuine person she is. We heard from legends such as Gurinder Chadda, celebrating 20 years of Bend It Like Beckham, uh, which, you know, I've watched a hundred times, and listening to panels such as Creating with Pride, honoring queer South Asian artists, Honestly, the whole weekend felt so warm and inviting. The discussions were vulnerable and opened. And I truly believe it brought all of us a little closer together, which is what the South Asian community really does need. I also got a chance to talk to the people that made this all happen. So shout out to Shruti Ganguly, Tanya Selvaratnam, nonprofit 1497, whose mission is to uplift and empower South Asians in the entertainment industry. And they don't just support brown stories, they support brown talent. And of course, the wonderful product of culture ladies and the event planner, Kissed Cubed Events. I will tag everyone in my notes. This episode is basically an ode to the South Asian Lodge, brown talent, unity in our community, and just joy. So please enjoy my live episode from the South Asian Lodge at Sundance Film Festival 2023. Okay, guys, so Shruti, guess what? You were on the podcast before, so welcome back. You know you were on it two years ago? Has it been two years? It's been two years. You were, I, I think you were the, one of the first 20 episodes when I was like, what the fuck am I doing? This is crazy. Um, <laughs> and, and 100 episodes later. 100, 102 episodes later. So, okay, let's look, let's get to it. We're, we are at the South Asian Lodge in Park City, a first ever of its kind. Talk to me about how this all came together. I've been an alum at Sundance for a while. Um, we've had projects premiere here, whether it's been a short film, feature, you know, a VR in New Frontiers. I've been a part of the labs or as a mentor. So this place and the Sundance Institute, you know, are, are very meaningful to me. I mean, look, I've also been rejected a gazillion times by the same institute and festival, but it's fine because you still navigate a lot of the no's. So having a South Asian space, 
I guess was always kind of like an, a dream, really. And my friend Tanya Salvaratnam, who's also an alum at Sundance, she and I would have conversations often about what we could do at Sundance for us, for our community, and what it would have been like if we had spaces like that when we were starting out. And then 1497, which is a nonprofit that has so far primarily focused on a fellowship to really encourage, you know, emerging South Asian voices to find mentors in different capacities. Um, and that's an amazing program. Um, well, Adil Ahmed, who's one of the founders, had reached out to me saying that this was something that they were thinking of doing, that they'd already been in touch with Sundance. And I was like, look, this is something I've been wanting to do as well as my friend Tanya, and we'd love to do this together. So we've been working with 1497. We brought on the incredible team at Product of Culture. And then Nirjuri Desai, who's an incredible event planner and organizer and visionary when it comes to creating beautiful community spaces. And her team at KizCube Events are the key partners when it's come to putting this lodge together. Not to sound too cheesy, but I know you're, I know you're stressed right now because you're doing so much, but what, what are the emotions? Like, how are you feeling? This is insane that it's happening. It's surreal because last night, you know, we had an incredible event that was celebrating the film Going to Mars that is really around the work and life of the unbelievable poet Nikki Giovanni. And we were so excited to, you know, open up the South Asian Lodge space to celebrate a film like that and to really center the gathering and celebration around, you know, incredible black and brown voices. So we had incredible poets and artists and activists and musicians performing. And the comment that several people were saying is this space that this lodge, the way that it feels, the people, the vibe, it feels open, it feels inclusive without it feeling like a corporate DEI, like, you know, this that's coming down on it. It's like a natural yeah. openness, yeah. And so I think, like, kicking the lodge off with that just brought so much joy and peace and, um, you know, an incredible amount of emotion I mean, it's been a hard process putting this together. Like, right. Sundance announced their lineup quite late. We didn't necessarily know the South Asian focused projects or filmmakers who were coming to last minute. And then we were scrambling. And then you have the holidays, no one's answering. We had to like try and find corporate sponsors last minute. So, I mean, up until this point, it's been incredibly stressful and a lot of work. But, you know, the team has, you know, you find your people to get shit done with. And, Today is really officially day one of the lodge, and we have programming that ranges from creating with queer pride to celebrating, you know, the amazing filmmaker that is Gurinder Chadha, and it's 20 years of Benelik Beckham, and she's going to be in conversation with her old pal, DJ Rekas, who is going to be essentially then ha- starting off a party called Bennett Like Bhangra. Like, why not wait? You know, I mean, so like at right now, I'm kind of like floating emotionally. Yeah. But tonight, we are just going to dance and we are going to channel like all our stress, our excitement, our gratitude, you know, to our feet. That, I got to say my first impression coming in last night was exactly what you said. It felt really open. Um, a lot of times when we go to these brown events, uh, it's not necessarily like that or any like events in, events in general. And the other thing I noticed was it wasn't just brown people, you know, it was brown, black, white. Like it felt like a really cool, diverse group. 
And that's all kudos to you guys and your team for making it that way. So ultimate vision, any ultimate vision or kind of going with the flow right now. I mean, it's always hard to start, you know, to put the first thing together. And really what I hope is that what we're trying to do here is set the blueprint for this lodge to continue, for it to grow. One can always do better. One can always iterate. And a lot of us have put this together pro bono because we believe in the need for this space to exist because our careers would probably look really different if we had a space like this for us when we were starting out. So we really hope that more people will come. And again, it's not only, yes, it centers our community, but we want to see our allies at the space also. Yeah, totally. I love it. Um, I'm so excited to be here and thank you guys for having me. And I will see you on the dance floor. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Ami. Yay. So Nirjri, what uh, is your role here at the South Asian Lodge in Park City? So I am the event producer, event designer for this lodge. Um, Such an incredible opportunity and such an incredible, I think, moment for us as South Asians to be able to be a part of such a movement and create our own table. So how did you get involved? Like, did they pull you in? Did you volunteer? So it was actually a really funny story. About a week ago, um, a week before the event, or a week and a half before the event, I got this email from the 1497 team, and I honestly was like, you're kidding, right? Like, you guys are so unprepared. (laughs) You know, because I'm so used to working on projects, like, you know, normally for something as large as this and what it's going to stand well, also for. also you were saying weddings, right? Which yeah, are very planned like, out. Yeah. So like, you know, my my other part of my career is like we do multicultural destination events, not only just social like wedding type events, but we also do corporate um, retreats and events for different brands. And so with this, it was just so like, it was so last minute. It was crazy. Everybody in my office is like, we're not doing it, right? And I was like, <laughs> no we are doing it i was like guys you don't understand like growing up south asian indian gujarati you know in america so like number one for me it's like it was just kind of like i have to do this this is for my community for me this was my effort in creating and elevating south asian excellence you know i live by elevated excellence and in my company you know, with diversity and elevating women of all different multicultural backgrounds, I think it's so important that we focus on the big picture and we focus on the similarities we have to each other's cultures and each other's ethnicities, because I think that is something that is really missing. And as South Asians, we are one of the most hospitable of individuals. But we're also the most critical on each other and ourselves. And a lot of that, I think, just has to do with the generation that our parents come from and how they were raised. And I think this is the time that we get to actually create change. And we can't sit here and say, well, I'm not represented here and I'm not doing this. But if you're not willing to stand up and help create the change, and if you're not willing to help stand up and talk about the frustrations of not feeling represented, 
not feeling represented, but also showing up, showing up. If you expect these things to happen, then you have to show up. You have to show up for yourself. Right. You have to show up for that little girl or little boy inside of you who never got seen. But you also have to show up for knowing that you're paving the way for your future and your children are looking at you for that guidance and more so education yep. education about our culture right about our cuisine about our community about our celebration because i always say this i did indians and south asians were the most i don't know if this is the right word but it's probably going to be a harsh word we're the most racist against our own kind uh 100 and we're i think it is it's one ridiculous. of those things it's ridiculous it's also one of those things where it's like it doesn't make me any better you know i always say i was like Look at the Jewish community. I love how they step up for each other. Totally. Like, it doesn't matter where in the world they are. Every Jewish person that I know shows up for their community. Right. And I think this event just showed how important representation is for us, but more so how important it is that we are in charge of building what is our new salvation. I feel like I want to do a mic drop. Because literally everything you said was amazing. And I just want to point out a few things. Uh, one, we are defining our own communities now here in America. What, South, yeah. what the South Asian community really is. Two, um, having done this podcast for a couple of years, I am such a big believer in raising the voices of the underdog. Yeah, There are so many South Asian creatives, voices, leaders that don't go out there to look for credit. Right. And I love giving them a spotlight. And so I think this is a big part of it. And I think the third thing you said, you know, I think South Asians sometimes have the whole not enough room at the top for all of us kind of thing. And I was telling Shruti this. When I walked in here last night, a lot of, a lot of South Asian events, especially in entertainment, are not inclusive. And this whole feeling, and stay and a half I've been here, there's no competition. It's not, no. And it doesn't feel like a competitive environment that part's great because it's been so nice because i honestly feel like our lodge here has been literally like the united nation it has been like yesterday i was like oh my god it's not just brown people this is amazing and like yeah that's in it that's and i was telling again Shriga, i was like kudos to you guys because you guys are the ones that built this environment and made it what it is and so whatever roadblocks you use is working um let one last question there's so many great panels this overall this weekend. Name one that you're excited about. Oh my God. I'm I know. excited I about know. all of them. I think I'm I'm super excited to hear Tan France because, you know, oh my God, I have a crush on I want to touch his hair. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. I think we all have a little crush on We do, we right, do, right. we do. But I just don't want Tan to like analyze like, you know, what we're wearing. Yes, I know. But um, no. Is it coming today? To Macau. Gotta figure out my outfit. Okay. Um, no, I think, you know, I'm really excited about the panel that Rufi's on. I'm excited about the panel that Gurinder's on. But I really just like the panel we just recently had. That was just about the entertainment industry and the challenges. Of yeah. I think because it just shows that, like, we're evolving and we're ready to change. And it's everything's a mindset. And I think that if you don't gain anything else out from this weekend or whatever and you're constantly worried about getting the opportunity, think about mindset. Mindset is what's going to get you to where you want to be. Well, awesome. Thank you, my friend. I feel like we're 
fast friends. We are. Um, and I will see you on the dance floor. Tell me a little bit about 1497, how it started, and what you guys do. Yeah, sure. 1497 is a nonprofit based out of New York. Uh, we focus on empowering and lifting South Native talent uh, in the entertainment industry. Uh, the way we started was actually the two, two other co-founders, Cam and Lapika and I, were part of a community-based sort of organization in New York uh, where uh, writers, directors, producers, actors like meet once a month. Uh, we'd workshop work, go out, get treats after, and then the pandemic hit, so then all stopped. And so we opened up our Rolodex and, you know, reached out to, you know, a, a bunch of our friends to see if they would want to do master classes and workshops with this community that kind of were helping build out. And that sort of just exploded. You know, we had Taika Waititi, Luth Karsh, Tony Gilroy, Gurin the Jadda, Ichiganti, Rami Yusuf, all these really great folks coming through the door doing okay. one hour to our conversations. And that made it obvious at that point, like, you know, there was an appetite on both sides of the table to help the community. And that was the birth of 1497. And so 1497 is actually the year before colonization started in South Asia. Uh, we're big believers in, you know, trying to represent every country, their eight countries, as well as all those pamphlet cells like Kashmir that are not recognized. But we're, we're keen on getting everyone involved in whatever capacity we could. And so we started our first year, we started with the, uh, the Features Lab. Okay. The, um, three mentors, uh, agents, producers, uh, script development. Uh, year two, we expanded a little bit where we did all of that, plus a pitch day where we had about a dozen or so studio execs, producers, financiers take part in the pitch day. And year three, we're expanding even further. We're going into a a retreat. It'll be pod style for creating sort of mini studios for each person. So they'll have five, they'll have, they'll have five people that'll be sort of on their team, which will be a mentor, a producer, established writer, uh, uh, an alum mentee and a rep. It'll be a five day retreat and with the pitch day again. Uh, and then we're also expanding and starting a fellowship that's targeting college students of South Asian descent. Um, not necessarily writer directors, but you know how to get involved in the entertainment industry from diff- all different angles. Right. You know, try to get people. Kind of like a roadmap for people that want to get in. A roadmap, a pipeline. And work. Get them those internships. Right. Get them a grant. Get them mentorship from agents, lawyers, right. all that kind of stuff. All the stuff that seems kind of impossible to do when you're trying to get into this. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. It, that's awesome. Um, and so if someone wanted to get involved, what do they do? Just call you guys up? No, go to 1497.org. Okay. <laughs> uh, you could also email us. Yeah. <laughs> check, check. Can I give all your information out here? Your phone number? No, no. <laughs> no, no. Info at 1497.org. And then we're going to include podcasters one day, I hope. I hope. I mean, like, look, the goal is to just take baby steps at a time. But our, our one, one of our big things is, like, we we want to do everything right. So we, we don't want to overwhelm ourselves and spread ourselves too thin. Which is why it took us two years to get through the Features Lab to start our next program, which is a fellowship fellowship for college students, is because we were like, look, we're, we're finally in a position where we can do something else with more impact. But, you know, if we started off that way, they would have been, it would have been, I just don't think it would have been enough. You know, one of the things we're really, really proud of is like the quality of work that's coming through, the quality of the work that we're, we're supporting. And obviously, if you look at the roster of people that have come through as mentors and advisors, either from huge agencies from WME to CAA to Entertainment 360 to Sony to A24. I mean, we've got some really great 
people of color, mostly bases coming through the door. So we're taking baby steps and hopefully we'll eventually get the podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's the whole growing too fast and then growing up. Exactly. Kind of South Asian Lodge, you're here. How are you feeling? This is like... Uh, yeah, it's a real look. I, I I came to my first Sundance with a project with Kate Record with Justin Gordon Lovett in 2010, and my last project that came was three years ago, maybe four years ago, called American Paradise. Okay, a film by Joe Talbot. You know, you see the brown, you see like another brown daisy face around, and you're like, yo, look. Yeah. And like you know, you're, you're really excited to see another person of color, like, like oh shit, yo, you made it, that's dope. Yeah. And then, and then you know, the idea of the South Asian Lodge was like, yeah, it's time. I mean, look, this year marks of hundred films that were made or written by a South Asian artist. Holy shit. Right. A lot. Yeah. Okay. You know, since, no idea. Yeah, all the way from 85 all the way wow. down to down. Wow. Th- there's something to be said about that, right? And there's also something to be said about if there's been a hundred films, why are there, why Why isn't each person a household name, right? Like the support dies at some point. Why have they been erased? Exactly. Why have them been erased? And you know, because if I say, name me three people you think, the 10 people that you think have been at Sundance that are brown, you'll probably be able to say two, right. maybe three. And that would be like the Mindy Kalings and the, the Mindy Kalings, the, the Grinders, yeah. the Miras, the Anishas. Right. And, that, and that's basically it. Right. And, and that's because I, I, tr- I truly believe like the support hasn't been there from the South Asian community. That's the goal of 1487. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like to build that community so when you do have the next Anish and the next Mira. They don't fall through the cracks. Yeah. And so, like, that's the goal of 47 is, like, let's build that community. So, you know what, you're, you're pitching to people who get you, people who are, you know, you don't have to pitch you as a person. You just go and pitch your story. Yeah, uh, and, and not have to worry about uh, getting there, the whole process of getting there. That's not like, oh, they us up for you. You focus on your content and what you're in your craft, Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. And, of course, there's something to be said about personal, your, your personal connection to your stories, of course. Right. But, you know, with 1497, it's all about, one of the other things we say is, like, it's not just brown stories. It's really about brown talent. It's almost like the trickle-down effect. Right. Right. Like, and I think Anish is a great example of this. I love Anish's work. Searching is a great example where, you know, he put on he put on a, another marginalized community in the lead roles of his film. They weren't Desi, but there is against, and I know they had to fight tooth and nail to make that happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, like. I, you know, they had, they fought really hard to Typical make John story. Cho. Yeah. yeah. And, and John Cho's a great actor, right. you know, and right. like the fact that they had to fight so hard for it. But my point is, here's a niche, a person of color, who's Daisy, who's brown, who gets, who gets it, right? He's like, okay, look, I, I, I doesn't have to be a brown person, but like, how do we uplift each other in a way that's significant? And that's, that's again, like, I would say the quote unquote tagline of Cortez, I was like, not just brown stories, brown talent, because we trust that inherently it'll just trickle into your, seep into your stories. And that's, you know, it's so, so key because I feel like, I mean, I grew up in the 80s, I'm a little older, but like the idea that there's not enough room for all of us, especially yeah. in entertainment, which is already so competitive. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that, you know, you guys are doing this because we are too competitive with each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In everything, yeah. you know? But and there, but I will say there's something to be said about a good competitive nature. Right. For sure, but like, up maybe it's uplifting, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Be competitive, like, yeah, be better than the other person, whatever it is. But the uplifting part and the supporting part, we still need to work on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, I think a good example. Somebody was saying it earlier today is he of the Latin community. Yeah, but Alejandro and All Alfonso. Yeah, they compete against each other, but they also tag on and each other's projects and produce each other. For each other. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's a great, great example of like here are two Mexican filmmakers 
who literally are competing, but also are, have like this brotherly love for each other where, hey, I'll produce your thing, you produce my thing. Hey, I'll give you a ton of notes on your next thing. And like, you know, they're in it together. Right. And like, we need to see more of that. And I think we're, we are seeing it slowly. I, mean, I, mean, I think it's, because it's, there are more people now trickling in wanting to be part of this space. And it's, it's a kind of doesn't make sense, really logically makes sense. But I think the more of us there are, I think, I feel like it's going to be more and more open. Because like, oh, wait a minute. Like, look, we're all crew here. Let's like make it happen. So I love it. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, I've got to give a couple of shout outs like Gurinder Deepa Mehta, who has been so instrumental in 1490s and just, support, just her support. I mean, she, she's one of those people that you know, when she found out about the, about the South Asia Lodge, she, was, she wrote the kindest email to us being like, hey, I can't be there, but I'm rooting for you. I'm supporting you. And, like, and that's kind of what I mean is like we need more. Just just those words alone. We were like, yes, yeah, like, that's what we need. The, 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 the OGs. The OGs come right. Through. Yeah. Right. And like, And so. And Gurinder has been the same way. I mean, um, she's been incredibly, incredibly kind to us. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, we're just really, really blessed, honestly, to, to have them. Well, so, you guys, uh, if you're doing the great work, it reflects, right? The energy reflects. And then you, you, you tend to draw in the right people. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think the other thing about, about the lodge here is like, we're also challenging Sundance and wishes. Yeah. Of like, Hey, like we've been here. We, we want more support. There's a lot to be said about that. And uh, Sundance has been, they've been absolutely wonderful partners. Right. Uh, shout out to Doug Flint, if, if he's going to be listening to this. Oh, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll tag him, so he'll have to. Yeah, and he's a great a great partner and a great ally in a lot of ways. That's and awesome. So, and that's honestly what I'm really excited about, is like seeing, seeing the institutions really rise to the call that we're making is so important. That's awesome. Well, congrats. This is amazing. Thank you for letting me podcast live here. It's of been course. fun. Yeah, thanks for doing uh, this. And I'll let you go. Cause, no, you're running shit. It's yeah, fine. I just want some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hi. My name is Simi Chowdhury. I am currently doing my master's in fine arts with a focus on creative writing and environment. Uh, this is a bit of a pivot for me as I actually come from a background in public policy and politics. So I am currently writing my first novel, which is a memoir, and I'm super excited to be at Sundance. That's awesome. Can you quickly tell me about uh, the, the memoir and the process and how it's been? For me, it's a really big moment because I am, I am South Asian. Uh, my family is originally from Pakistan, but I'm also from Venezuela. So I've sort of come from, you know, this multicultural background. And for me, this work is all about being able to represent who I am and just the fact that I'm multifaceted. Right. And being able to see that come to light already here at Sundance just gives me a lot of hope in knowing that there's people that are really interested in being able to see that. And hopefully that'll jumpstart them into doing that on their own as well and showing showcasing and writing their own stories that's amazing i know like i just thought one day i'll do it so we are at the south asian lodge at sundance how did you hear about it get involved and what has it meant for you i found out about this because uh my cousin actually who is a filmmaker herself had told me about this uh and i was like i need to be there because yeah, totally. It is about representation. We just heard that in the panel, which was really well done. And truly, at the end of the day, like we are inching for, but it is inching, you know, and it takes time. Right. And being able to see those nuanced stories come to light 
just gives me a lot of inspiration. You know, my hope is that the memoir eventually becomes a screenplay for a series. Because, Throw it out there. Yeah, Throw that's there. what I'm, I'm all about yeah. it. I, I think that, you know, you have to really believe in your work and manifest it. And as um, Fozia said, too, is that when you're, like, doing it, no strings attached, just really coming from a place of deep realness, which that's what I want to, that's the reason why we're doing this in the first place then things will happen. The magic comes together. I believe that. I, I honestly, and I was saying this to everyone, and I know it sounds so cheesy, it feels kind of magical being Absolutely. here. Like, you know, I'm a podcaster. Everyone kind of has their own creative mentors. And it can get lonely sometimes. Yes. And you, you can burn out. You can lose your why. And just coming here, I've been here for a day and a half. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. This is why I'm doing it. And for it sure. Just, it is... There's so many reasons this lodge is important, but I think for creatives, uh, South Asian creatives, knowing that we have this amazing... Totally. And I mean, it's only the beginning. I, I'm really like sort of reminiscing too, because I think something they talked about with the 1497 Lodge as well is that like last year we celebrated 20 years of um, Vended Like Becca. Yes. And I remember... How many that, times have you seen that? Oh movie? my God, more than I can count. I mean, I thought so, I was her. Yeah, yeah so oh, I was like, that's for me. sure. That's I totally mean, me. I was a hijabi in an all-girls Catholic high school in suburban Illinois playing soccer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and like legit, I mean, Chasminder and me, I mean, my family's Wendabi as well. Yep. So I was like, this is me. Like, yes. this is me trying to not do tennis. Yeah. Even though I love tennis and yeah. it's one of my favorite sports, but it was like the South Asian sport. Yeah. You know, that, that so was like, me, by the way. Yeah. So watching Chasminder do her thing, even though like, sure, like there's parts of it where it's like, that's not totally me. I mean, I ran with that, like quite literally. Yep. And so it's so crazy that it's like been 20 years. Wow. I really do believe that stories like you really don't. I used to literally watch that and like run on the treadmill because I was like, I want to do that. I want to bend it like back down. You know what I mean? And and me, it's it, all. It's so many of us feel exactly. It's very impactful. Same, very. You impactful. can't. You can't underestimate. No, you know what I not mean? Not at all. Not at all. So, well, um, I thank you for for joining. Absolutely. And it's so lovely meeting you. And I'll Likewise. see you on the dance floor tonight. Yes. 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 Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Absolutely. My name is Nick Dodani. I'm an actor and writer. I'm at the Sundance South Asian Lodge, first of its kind. Very, very excited to be here. Very excited. Well, uh, great panel just now. Thank you. Celebrating with pride. pride that's what it was. We're South Asian artists. Hey, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are there are South Asian queer people out there. It's talking, are, right? There are. Uh, I know they probably asked you this on the panel, but how, what does this lodge mean for you? Like, what are the emotions behind this right now? It's a big moment. There are so many South Asian folks in entertainment um, and have been for a while. Uh, but in the last, like, three to five years, I think the community has grown immensely. And so it's really great to see that reflected in this way at, you know, Sundance. Right. And it makes an impact well beyond this weekend of programming. Right. Um, Considering you're a mentor for everyone, apparently. So. so I... <laughs> I, I won't call you my mentor, I promise. I mean, there's the, I'm adding no value. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I grew up, I'm not going to, well, I don't even care. I'm 42. Whatever. I grew up in the 80s. People like Cal, Penn, and, you know, all of us growing up at that age, you know, talking to him. We didn't see anyone on screen. I'm, so, when I see people, South Asians on TV and film, I'm still like, holy shit, this is crazy. Is that the same thing for you? Yeah, definitely. The first thing I do is get on Google and find out who okay. they are because I wanted to just know and... I'll take a picture and then send it to my boyfriend. I'm like, look, there's a brown guy. Okay, so still exciting a... for... Oh, yeah. Especially when I see um, uh, a South Asian actor playing a character that is not a trope or stereotype. Like, that is really exciting. Yeah. 
Do you think, um, so the one thing um, out of the 100 episodes I've done, there's been a common theme of South Asians talking about our community not being very supportive of each other a lot of times, especially entertainment is so competitive, right? What do you think? What do you see? Yeah, I think for a long time there was uh, a lot of competition and a lot of scarcity mindset. Right. There's one table, or right. one seat at the table, it's mine. Uh, but that's changed. That's changed a lot. The newer generation has brought in, I think, a much different mindset, and I think the old guard is changing. Yeah. Um, obviously, it still exists. Right. It's just so much more heartwarming and it celebratory. It's and, so nice to walk in and be like, oh, wow, I feel included. This is cool. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different groups all right. over the country, all over the world, right. doing very different things. The abundance of it is good. Right. Okay, last question, I swear. And then you have to take a selfie with me. There are tons of panels, tons of people here. What's been kind of cool for you to see? Okay, so last night I saw Polite Society. Okay. Uh, the midnight screening. It was phenomenal. Yeah. I really feel like it's a milestone movie yeah. for our community. Yeah. Because um, it takes a lot of expectations and tropes and then completely subverts them in a really fun, entertaining way that is funny and heartwarming and okay. goofy. So everyone needs to see this. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think it comes out in April. Okay. Uh, in theaters, which is right. exciting. And any anyone anyone else or any other film that you're excited about? Uh, I yesterday I pretty much stalked Rishi Rajani all day at, to all of his candles. He's the CEO of Helmut Grab Productions. Lena Waits. Uh, How does that work out for company. you? Company amazing. He he's so inspiring. And right. You know, at the, at the end of the day, and I, I think we all know this: the best leaders, the real leaders, are the most humble. Right. And so. Um, and so, will I see you on the dance floor later on? For the bunger party? I mean, for whatever. I'm definitely coming by. Hi, I'm Misha Ganatra. I'm a writer, director, producer, and we're here at the Sundance Film Festival. Yes. Hi, Nisha. It's so nice to finally meet you. Just uh, heard your panel and just absolutely have been loving the content and all the events so far this weekend. You've been in this space for a long time. What does the South Asian Lodge mean to you? Oh my God, that's such a big question because I know. the South and Asian Lodge has never existed before this Sundance. And for it to be here and to have such a presence of South Asians at this amazing, historically, you know, significant festival, it really, it really cements the idea that we're <laughs> We're here as artists, as storytellers, as a community. It's very moving to me. It really means a lot, you know. Could you have ever imagined a no. space like this? <laughs> I could have never imagined. Even when they told me we're going to have a South Asian house, I was like, Hey, sure, how like, cute. You know, someone's hotel room. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we're all like, you know, drink out of someone's like trunk in their car. Totally, basically. Old, old school styles. Yeah, um, like, this is what we used to do when we had went to Garba's. I'm the jig. Exactly. This is what we used to park, parking lot parties. Parking lot parties, um, exactly. That's exactly what I was picturing. Yeah. It's like, let me bring some extra layers because <laughs> there's no way we could get an actual house. How much do we have to pitch in each? <laughs> What's going on? Okay. I love how all our parties are all the same. <laughs> Like, literally, my parents would take me to kitchen parties. You know what kitchen is? Of course. Like, yeah. Grappling kitchen. Yeah, because the moms, after a while, like, were like, fuck this. So we're having a full time job, and I'm just going to put two cups of rolls. Yeah, it's like rice and, like, tea, and just and heat all. it. Yeah, like, and we're over it. Don't forget, there's a protein. And by the way, I do the same thing right now to my two children. I'm like, oh, Sunday night, kitchen night. It's fun. Dude, I need to start doing it's so easy. And I feel like such a I'm chef. I'm your recipe. It's so easy. <laughs> it's the pot, man. It's the pot. It's like the best thing ever. 
Yeah, it's a genius. I actually feel like a I chef. just do like chenna. Like I do something really fast and easy. Like Whatever it chenna, is. Yeah. Or, you know, falda, like some, some good himachali dishes that yeah. are really fast. I can, I can pretend to make some guju stuff, but man, I am. It's, it's just stuff is hard over it. Yeah. <laughs> just throw sugar in your basic word. Um, <laughs> First of all, let's just eat it. I mean, I think we should make a whole other podcast on this. Okay, yes. Completely. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and how did you get whoops? With the, with the lodge. With the lodge? Yeah. Well, one woman, Shruti, like really, who's like quietly behind the scenes of everything. I think she's like the best human ever. She is. Here's what Shruti's doing. She's not taking credit for anything, but she is so quietly kicking ass, elevating everybody behind the scenes, not calling any attention to herself. So we need to give her so much attention because oh, I, yeah. She's just making it happen. She's behind every single phenomenal South Asian event that you've seen. Yep. Including, like, the Valley at the White House. Like, yeah. She was just making uh, voices heard and, and, like, bringing so much attention to representation. And right. I'm just like, who is this powerhouse, you yes. know? Yeah. But she's so sweet and so kind and so freaking smart. And can I curse on her? So? Oh, my God. So, like, I love the cursing. <laughs> I need cursing. So, please. Yes. So fucking smart and sharp and just like a a fun person to be around too. And I was like, who are you? You're incredible. She's a true leader, yeah. right? So like, obviously there's some of the leaders out there, but you know the real ones are the ones that are humble and quiet and listen. And doing the work. And, and they're just doing, doing the work. I'm at, She's I'm like, at I see a need. I'm filling it. I'm not asking anyone. I'm just going to do it. Um, your current project, if you talk about a few, I know you have some here. I saw one this morning. Oh, you saw Susie's Rise? I, Which is I was on like, Amazon Prime. I was like, can I cry? So the reason why I was there, my husband was with Pepsi. Oh, so the, pe- the Pepsi oh, tube invited me. Amazing. Um, and literally I was like, okay, I'm going to have my mimosa at 10.30 a.m. Because fuck it, I'm going to do it. Because I'm here. But I had the one and then the, they showed your film. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it was so good. Anyway, can you talk about that really quick and any other projects that you're Yes, on? yeah. So, um. Pepsi and Frito-Lay and, and um, they just be the chips made a movie and, and I think they they were brave to make a movie and not a talking head stuck in any of how great they were and not like a commercial but they just gave us like with creative freedom to make a movie about their incredible program merging which I didn't know about I didn't know Stacey's uh, had a founders program and that she was using her success and her money to raise up other women who were starting known businesses. And the more than when I was telling people about it, they're like, wait, there's an actual Stacey. And I was like, how is every color we all become that they thought that so you made up the word Stacey and put it on the back. And of course, the first thing I think of, remember that 90s song, Stacey's mom? Of course. I just keep singing. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Seriously? Everything. No, I know. Such a good every. <laughs> yeah, that's actually the answer to that question. Yeah. It was an amazing film, and I know you did it with Ruby Core. Yes. Yeah, Ruby's uh, poetry, I've always loved in her voice. And, you know, it's just this thing about women starting their own businesses. And she's, you know, kick ass woman. You know, it's a full industry that she started. And she did this performance at the Lunar New Year party last night, which is also a first, (laughs) where she talked about how women's work is sometimes, you know, called frivolous. Right. How our concerns and our dreams and our. Artistic expression can be, you know, labeled as less than because it's accessible or popular or not uh, telling important stories to, by the status quo, you know. And it was just so moving to hear her talk about that and how that happened to her, you know. 
if people were like, oh, she's an Instagram poet, she's not a real poet, you know, this is a real literature, right? Uh, I'd be like, uh, have you guys read anything ever? You know what I mean? How yeah. believable. Yeah. So it just seemed like, I didn't even know all that when I knew she was the perfect fit for this project. I just knew she cares and, and credits her roots and her ancestry and her culture as much as I do and as much as these women who, you know, needed to lean on some resilience that they have from their individual experiences and cultures to succeed. Right. And it just was a beautiful blending together of all these inspiring women. Just to, I mean, I, I met her briefly, uh, the two minutes I talked to her, I'm like, her energy is so, like, can I hug you? Like, I don't know, it's so lovely. Yeah. Just to see, like, a very lovely person. She's Canadian. Yeah. I'm going to hug <laughs> I'm <laughs> She's got it all going for her in terms of loveliness. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna aggressively make her sit next to me. It's totally fine. And who else are you excited to see? So I'm excited to see the Persian version yes. in one half hour. Okay, no, in one hour. Okay. Um, I'm excited to see Polite Society. Yes, heard. Um, our South Asian. Yes, girls with Pazabi. Um, I'm excited to see. God, so many things. I want to see shortcomings or the box movie. Um, I want to see Harvest Tina's very dinner movie, and sometimes I think about dying. Right. Sounds like a bummer, but... <laughs> yeah. With some time. With some time. With some time. Yeah. I think about that. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> that fucking flight with Mike, I'm kidding. Sometimes, when I'm coming back, I'm Southwest, but it's all... <laughs> we love you, Southwest. Can you be a sponsor for this episode? <laughs> Can you just call us anywhere, really, without our kids? You're a really good spokespeople. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand why you won't give me money and doesn't make any sense. If you want someone that just wants to get away from her kids, yeah. we should just kill that would, us. That would be a great commercial <laughs> get away from your kids southwest okay. is here for me yeah. <laughs> it's the same and in terms of the lodge what have you enjoyed seeing the panels any anything you want to talk about i have enjoyed seeing my other gay south asian friends <laughs> there are yeah, there are south asians that are gay guys gay south asian panel yep um i'm so pretty overwhelmed by it it's pretty awesome it's pretty cool right yeah it feels like not to sound cheesy but I walked in yesterday. I'm like, it just feels very inclusive. It feels very and homey, and it's a great space. But that's all I offer you, my friend. That's awesome. Yes, it's so fun and easy to talk to you. Uh, hi, I'm Alex Schmitter. I am the director of transgender representation at GLAD, the nation's leading LGBTQ media advocacy organization. Very cool. It's very nice to meet you, my friend. It's so nice to meet you. So how did you get involved with the South Asian Lodge? It's amazing. Um, a deal reached out about the 1497 programming um, here at Sundance and um, putting together a specific focus on queer storytelling in the South Asian community. Right. And it was just an immediate yes right. from us to be a part of this um, because we don't often get to see these intersectional identities in conversation with creatives on the ground in a place that um, it's really exciting to hopefully see more and more programming come out from. Right. Have you worked with uh, communities like the South Asian community? Is this the first time working with a a group like this we we work across different communities all the time because the queer community is from every different community nice. and so, i know shocking <laughs> right exactly <laughs> like wow. wow um but for me specifically there's a special place in my heart and i was particularly excited to get involved because bend it like beckham was one of the most formative films in my how many times up. how many times have you watched oh i couldn't count i it's, i think i beat you 
I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm around like 84. Okay. Maybe I, like well, maybe by one watch. Okay. I thought I, I thought I was just. I did too. <laughs> um, and I was also like pining for Kira Knightley for a time. Anyway, it was. I was pining for her too, by the way. I was flexible. I was like, well, I we were shit. anybody in the film, really. Right. But um, that film was really formative for me as a transgender man seeing a woman who was not necessarily conforming to expectations of gender. And that was what we were sort of talking about on the panel about these stories that are so specific are really universal and while i'm not south asian i was identifying with jess of course um and i also think you know in terms of a full circle moment bennett lake beckham won the glad media award for outstanding wide release film in 2004 i didn't know that so we are back here 20 years later celebrating that film and also being a part of this collaboration here at the 1497 house which is incredible the whole full circle thing whole full circle it's a cheesy thing but it's so true it really is awesome um what have you enjoyed seeing this weekend at the launch have you been able to hang out here i'm sure you're busy running around so this is my first event that i've been to but it's certainly not the last i'm excited to celebrate later the bennett like beckham 20th anniversary again in representation is why i work at glad to begin with because when i was growing up i didn't see any trans characters that had full healthy lives and so working at glad it's all about shaping the narrative to actually reflect our diverse experiences and understand that if you are part of any marginalized or oppressed community you find ways of being resilient and having humor and building community where there isn't and so there's so much overlap i think in the work that we're all doing oh uh, look i i'm all about i think many of us have always felt like underdogs Yes. And I love the fucking ultimate underdog story. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I oh, love yeah. just coming back and then like, and it's what's a up, bitches? It's a sports story because life is a team sport. Totally. So. so I think what we should do when the Bend It Like Beckham panel starts, uh, you know, when they ask, start asking questions, audience questions. Yes, yes. You and I should be like, you should do a part two and we should tie up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we would be perfect for it, right? <laughs> Hello. Hello.